Okay, welcome to the show. Good I'm evening. Okay, welcome to the show. Good evening. I'm Mark. I'm Britton. And uh well, let's just get started. Okay. Alright, so today we watched the boxing match, uh Rumble in the Jungle. It was a little yeah. bit different than what we're used to doing, but uh we decided to you know change things up a little bit. And uh the the boxing match itself was Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman. Pre grill. Yeah, yes. Before the grill, um, this actually may have been the inspiration for the grill. Yeah. Uh, you take too many hits, you start thinking about cookware. But, <laughs> but um, I'd actually never seen this fight, and I know me and Bert, we've seen a few uh, uh, boxing matches before. Um, like we watched all the uh, Ali versus Joe Frazier fights. Mm -hmm. We watched a few, uh, I think, uh, Mike Tyson fights. Yeah. Uh, I think we watched. Um, we, we watched the one where he bit the guy's ear off. Yeah, that we yeah we definitely saw that one with uh, Holyfield. Yeah, and I think we watched uh, Sonny Liston versus uh, Patterson. I don't know his first name, James Patterson, I guess. The the, <laughs> the Twilight guy. Yeah, no, no, James Patterson's not the Twilight guy. He's oh. the uh, he's the the guy who writes a lot of. Books. Oh, that's Robert he's, Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pattinson, I think. Yeah. <laughs> See your yeah. sparkles get you out of this. <laughs> you know, vampires would make really good boxers, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we watched a, a few uh, boxing matches before, so I thought it only figured that we'd watch what uh, what is considered probably one of the one of the best boxing matches of all time. Yeah. Uh, especially heavyweight fights. I'm sure there's lots of examples of other really good fights we can probably watch at some point. But um, this one just seemed to be the most entertaining. It was, as far as I can tell from um, all the pre-game interviews and things like that, yeah. uh, it looked like that there was, uh, or uh, uh, Muhammad Ali was recently retired, or at the very least was, you know, kind of out of the, the boxing game for a little bit. Yeah. And George Foreman was almost, almost 10 years his junior and was like a rising star. He was actually the world heavyweight uh, champion at that point, and he had, uh, I think, a perfect record. I think they said like 42 and 0, and like 37 knockouts. So the guy was the guy was a great fighter, basically. Yeah, and it's weird to think that you know at the retire you know the retirement age that Ali was at, uh, he was younger than we you know yeah. we are, and in significantly better shape. Yeah. Uh, if we went into the ring with uh, either George Foreman or Muhammad Ali, we would not be walking out of that ring. I we could would, take him. You think you could take him? Yeah, <laughs> same time. <laughs> you know what? You're the same height as both of them, yeah. so... <laughs> so, yeah, go for it. Me, I think that I would just end up being, uh... I think... You know when Mario, like, steps on a Goomba, and they're yeah. all squished, and they, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. had their little feet hanging out for a few seconds? That's kind of how I feel I would be when I got done the fight. Yeah, just a lot more blood, though. Yeah, yeah, significantly more blood, but <laughs> I think most of that would get soaked into the mat. But, um, anyway, let's... I guess let's, let's give, uh, general opinions of the boxing match itself. Um, well, uh, it, it started off with a delay. Uh, I, I think George Foreman... Yeah, it was it was purposely like, you know, kind of you know, holding the fight up just to just to annoy everyone, yeah, psyching him out and everything. Yeah, and you know he arrived late, and uh, overall, like the the match started uh, fairly, uh, you know, fairly normal. I think uh, Foreman came out, you know, came out of the cannon a little bit harder than uh, Ali did at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he came out swinging, and uh, which I I'm. 
as far as I can understand, that kind of seemed to be his uh, his mo. Yeah. You know, yeah. just come out, just start battering people with you know punches, and they go down. Because I think they said that um, this was the first fight that they had. Uh, or George Foreman had that went beyond like three rounds. Yeah, they uh, he was used to ending the ending the fight in two or three rounds. You know, from what they were saying. And then he goes up against Muhammad Ali, and it stretches on a little bit further. And as the fight goes on, you can kind of tell that he's starting to get a little bit uh, tired. You know, by yep. throwing all these punches for no effect whatsoever. You know, his his legs start shaking. He's sweating profusely. Yeah, he's throwing wild punches. He's not, you know, making connections. Like he's falling asleep on uh, Muhammad <laughs> Ali's shoulder. You he's know. Uh, going out for coffee. Yeah, like you know, like so he's his you know his head wasn't in the game at this point. Yeah. And then you know Muhammad Ali in the eighth round, he kind of he kind of turned it around a bit, and he was like, all right, you know, because at the end of every round he would start you know punching in bunches, you know, punches yeah. and bunches and doing his flurries and everything and in the eighth round he just unloaded on George Foreman and then like he beat him so hard that his hair like probably left after that <laughs> we we did see the punch that uh you know made his hair fall out like every time we were wa- I was we were watching it and every time we see the uh like the really hard punches I was like yep that's what made him name his kids George all of them <laughs> wait they're all named George yeah all his kids are named George are you that was that, yeah, that wasn't I, I a joke. I thought that was a joke. No, that wasn't a joke. That's pretty funny. Actually, I could be full of shit. It's just a, uh, like I I could 100% be full of shit. It could just be a, an urban myth I heard. But from what I understand, he named all his kids George. <laughs> like I, we did see the knockout punch that uh, that was probably the in, the inspiration for the grill itself. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, he's he was like. Um, uh, Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. Oh yeah, Doc Brown where yeah. he hit his head on the sink. Yeah, he's like, when I when I came to in a hospital, I drew this. Doon, 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 doon. A grill? Yeah, but it's like <laughs> curved, so all the fat goes out. Why? Wow, uh, that'll make it taste awful. No, no, no. Okay, maybe, but <laughs> but you know, we'll we'll make some we'll make some recipes. We you know you can you can treat the meat first and everything. It's like, man, you can make some good grills with that, and it'll be a little bit. A little bit healthier than a normal gr- a normal burger. It'll sign every one. You're gonna sign every every grill. Yeah, like y- you you don't want to just kind of mass produce your signature on it. You want to sign each one. Like, yeah, every grill. Like you're gonna make billions of these. You know. Uh huh. Okay. George Foreman. <laughs> and that's why he named his kids George, so he can like he can quadruple his his workflow. It's like, are right, you signing yeah. George Foreman? You signing George Foreman? You signing George Foreman? And I, I, you yeah, I guess sign are, George Foreman. I guess they're technically George Foreman signatures. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're a George Foreman. <laughs> I think our George Foreman is actually George Foreman number four, <laughs> lucky number four. But um, going back to the uh, the fight itself, I will say that it was a good fight. You know, oh yeah, I did enjoy. It. There was a lot of there was a lot of excitement throughout the whole thing. But I I'm gonna say that. Um, Ali versus Frazier 3, the third one, which is what 3 means. Um, I actually think that was a, a better fight for me overall. Uh, which one was that? That was the one that they, you know, the referee stopped at the end after 14 rounds. Both of them were like, you know, bleeding and weary, but the, the ref stopped it. He's like, all right, you know, this is the last round, but we're not going to have it go forward because Joe Frazier might not make it through it. Yeah. And they were both exhausted, but they were each connecting just punch after punch after punch like it was a battle between these two guys and that is the one thing that if i ever had a time machine or a really good genie's lamp i'd want to see 
the outcome of that fight, like round fifteen, you right. know, because that was such a good fight overall. Yeah, didn't uh, I? I forget who won that one. That was um, it was actually it was called and uh, uh, Muhammad Ali uh, got the victory for that. Which uh, by, by technical, yeah, by technicality. I think he, uh, I, I think they they called it because um, because Joe Frazier just you know. He was he was getting hit an awful lot. He was bleeding, but he was not going down. He was taking it and he was delivering twice as hard to Muhammad Ali. But his you know Joe Frazier looked just looked a mess, and Muhammad Ali was just kind of like, yeah, okay, I can take it kind of thing. But it was like they were both went down. I remember reading like interviews afterwards after that fight was over, and yeah. um, like Ali was like, you know, I'm I'm disappointed that they. Uh, called the fight, but I don't know how I could have made it another round against him kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this was like two titans battling each other. Mm -hmm. That was by far the greatest uh, boxing match I'd ever seen. Was that the, was that the boxing match where uh, Joe Frazier's uh, shorts were too big and he looked like a doddering old man? <laughs> it might have been. That was the one that um, that was the thrill in Manila, I think that, that third one, and that was... Uh, it kind of started off with Muhammad Ali kind of pretending to cry and like, you know, working up the crowd and everything and really like yeah. leaning into the idea of being the heel and everything. But yeah, it was just a great, you know, great match from both sides. And, uh, you know, it, they don't make boxing matches like that anymore. No, it, it, boxing doesn't really have the, uh, you know, the appeal that, uh, you know, they did back in the day. It's like, like, yeah, I saw the, you know, I know we both watched the, um, Manny Pacquiao versus the Mayweather yeah. fight, and it was like comparing. To, I guess it's apples and oranges. I guess yeah. this is a different era and know. different weight classes. Yeah. So comparing these two together, were these two fights together were just you know you couldn't really do that. You know, one was a more technical fight, yeah, and one was just two warriors just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, and which which to me, it, to me is a more entertaining fight. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I guess it goes, it's kind of like, uh, and this is just going to be for me, because I know you don't really watch baseball, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like the difference between a pitcher's duel and, like, a, a high-scoring game. It's like, a pitcher's duel is more, you know, can be considered more intense, because, yeah. you know, usually they end, like, uh, like you know, one nothing or something like that, between two great pitchers who are just not giving up anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you have to fight and squeeze for every hit and every yard or every 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 you know run that you get versus like oh this is a 10 to 12 ball game like everyone's knocking yeah. it out of the park like those are more exciting but one of them's more technically you know uh, i guess uh pleasing you know but me personally like even though i like a good pitcher's duel i want to see like i want to see four home runs in a game everyone yeah. just knocking it off each other you know but uh and that's kind of the same thing with the boxing matches like while may one may be clearly a uh, like a more uh, maybe satisfying fight if you like the pure like sport of boxing kind yeah. of thing one of you know, the other one is clearly much more fun to watch yeah it's like the difference between a you know, like a sword fight and a fencing match yeah I can I can get behind that I guess that's a little bit easier than my pitchers duel <laughs> baseball thing or yeah. uh, I I'm trying to yeah, I, I guess that's the best analogy I can come from. Like, a more strategic one versus a more, uh, you know, the, the physical limits of a person. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, it's, it's like a, uh, <laughs> 
it'd be like watching a uh, an arena league football uh, match and then uh, an NFL football match where one may be more high scoring and the other one, but one of them can be more technically sophisticated than the other one. <laughs> It's like watching a Romulan ship come in and you know versus a uh, I have no I have no it, it, it's like it's like the Millennium Falcon going against the USS Enterprise like one of them is clearly a, <laughs> you know, a stronger contender but the other one is more uh, explosive so that's why you root for the the Enterprise because it's bigger the yeah I think actually I don't know anything about Star Trek well Star Trek I, I guess an argument could be made that it's you know Star Trek versus Star Wars Star Trek more of the cerebral technical. Yeah, uh, you know, a technical venue. Well, Star Wars is more action based and space wizards and stuff. Yeah, I remember reading um, something that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying that yeah, the Millennium Falcon would get destroyed by the Enterprise because of its size difference and everything. And I'm like, I don't know. They could just like stick onto it like they did to the Star Destroyer. I mean, Millennium Falcon did a pretty good job against that. I mean, it didn't beat it, but you know, it got away. Uh, I, I guess like it's. The Millennium Falcon, yeah, I would guess like the Millennium Falcon's like a smuggling ship. Yeah, it would it would do that though. Uh, Scrappy. Yeah, the Enterprise versus a Star Destroyer would probably be a That'd be uh, interesting because I think the uh, a Star Destroyer is a bigger ship. It's like um, I I think that the Falcon could beat a the Enterprise if they just turned it around and did the holdo maneuver. You know, they just go to light speed right through the Enterprise. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the um, the Falcon's not going to survive that one either, but they still beat the Enterprise. Yeah, though, uh, I, I, I kind of, uh, yeah, I kind of think that you know, it was a very that was probably one of the best scenes of the of the new series, even though it was in a movie that I didn't really care mm -hmm. for. I want to say that you know the the maneuver of going uh. Yeah, light speed, uh, light speed through a thing, through a ship. It was phenomenal. I, I like to think that when they went against, uh, when they spun around uh, and tried to go against the Enterprise, they just turned the ship like their shields up, so it just kind of, you know, it just goes into the shield <laughs> and it, it, just, it just dies that way. Like, Dope. huh? Didn't expect that. All right, Scotty, you can turn her shields off now. Though I, I'm trying to think of the actual ramifications of of, of if that were to happen, because. Yeah, the something the mass of an entire ship ramming another ship at light speed, I would imagine, would have consequences that uh, <laughs> would have would be a very very big explosion. It would actually take out three solar systems nearby. I, I was going to say it might actually have like it would be like the equivalent of a supernova. It would be um, it would be an explosion so massive that it becomes the single strongest point in the universe from then on. It's the next Big Bang. Yeah, and it's a it's another competing Big Bang that's, like, competing with our universe. It's going the other direction. It's a, uh... <laughs> it's a universe that's growing inside our universe, and eventually it's gonna... it's gonna win. You know, in maybe four million or four billion years. I imagine they keep it at bay, but, uh... they, uh, set up a toll booth in between the two. <laughs> I remember when we were playing uh, Minecraft and you created that giant explosion and whenever yeah. and then we had the the badlands that you couldn't go to because it would crash the server kind yeah of thing. it was a uh, there there was a zone you could not go to like it was it, it was kind of funny it was like the zone was allowed to exist you were not allowed to observe the zone this the 
the act of the act of observation was the thing that destroyed the universe. And uh, so, yeah, that that's what happened. If you go into that, you know, anywhere near that that zone, well, like that's why they have the toll boots there to get you around it. Because if you go into that zone, like it, you know, your ship and everything just kind of collapses into a singularity. Oh, I, I was gonna, I was kind of thinking the like the entire universe gets destroyed when you go into oh, it. Oh no, I, I, it was like. Yeah, you, know, you go through the toll booth, and it's the same universe, but everyone's, like, wearing lederhosen. Oh. <laughs> we had two far different interpretations. <laughs> right, like, we, we have interpretation- like, I had an interpretation you would have had. I know, and I had the interpretation you would have yeah. had. Yeah. We switched interpretations. <laughs> you walk into it, and just observing this second universe causes the first universe to collapse. It's like, wow. What'd you have? Oh, they're wearing funny clothes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing, but they have weird pants. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's cool. Also, yeah, uh, you cool. want that in your sci-fi movie? Uh, move me, <laughs> move, move me, move me. Uh, yes, actually, I think that'd be a great sci-fi movie. Like, we can do a we can do a spin-off of Star Wars. I liked Episode Eight, by the way. I think it's the best of one of the best of the series, yeah. the entire series. I yeah. mean, because uh, but it's really more of a default thing. Because, like, episode, you know, five, Empire, that's great. That's yeah. going to be at the top. Star Wars, you know, episode four, that's going to be at the, that's going to be the second. Yeah. And then what do you have? You have Return of the Jedi, which I don't like. You have the prequels, which aren't very good. No. And then you have, in the sequel trilogies, I think eight's the best of the sequel trilogies, so. Really? Yeah, I like eight better than seven. Nah, I, I, no, I like seven, seven by is, far better. Seven is more fun, I'll say, but eight is more technical and superior. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I like the things that they did in 8 more than I like 7. 7 was just kind of a rehash. And I was like, you know what, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that is fair. Uh, I, I thought the problem with 8 is that it, it, a lot of it didn't go... I, I, and I know that was the, the point that it didn't, you know, nothing goes as planned sometimes. Mm -hmm. But to me, it, it just seems like the, a lot of the... Uh, it kind of didn't go anywhere. It kind of, it was just a series of points. As, yeah, I can get behind that. Like, um, a lot of the problems could have been solved if they just kind of, if they just kind of, like, talked to each other. But again, yeah. I, you know, there's the overarching theme of the movie that I think really tied it together of, you know, okay, the whole thing was just about failure. And I'm yeah. like, you know, it, it kind of makes sense in the, you know, the context of all that. And that's why I really liked it. Like, you know, I've seen it a few times and... Um, I, I do find that the silly parts I like to make fun of a lot because they are the, silly. The whole casino scene. Yeah, the casino scene and everything like that. Like, all that stuff is so silly that I can only laugh at it because it's stupid. Yeah. But then the good parts are really good. I can only, I can just, like, wring my hands together like, ooh, this is really fun. So, you know, I, I'll say what I said before and I'll always say it, which is... Even the bad parts of Episode Eight are not the worst thing I've seen in a movie before. Yeah. And it's not even the worst thing I've seen in a Star Wars movie before. Yeah. So it gets a pass. Like, I can I can make fun of it and then move on and like the good parts. I, I, I thought they, uh... I, I, genuinely, I genuinely thought they wasted uh, the death of Luke Skywalker. Spoilers. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of thought that, um... I, I thought it would have been a better thing if, you know, instead of uh, they fire that big laser and gain access to the uh, the secret base, like, as they fire the laser, you know, Luke Skywalker appears and blocks it with the Force, then, you know, crushes the AT-ATs and forces uh, 
uh, what's his face? Uh, Big Nose. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adam Driver. Yeah. Uh, forces, <laughs> forces him to the ground. I... I like what they did, because, you know, you know, Luke died as the, uh, I guess, the technically best Jedi in the world. Uh, uh yeah. He, he, he did, he fulfilled what Jedi should, you know, should be doing, which is he faced down an entire army and got his, you know, achieved his object, uh, objective with, uh, 100% peaceful means. Without yeah. using, you know, any kind of, you know, violence or anything like that. Yeah, I guess. It's just... Yeah, I know. Yeah, we want to yeah. see something cool. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, there was a lot, you know, like, there was a lot of shit that I was like, yeah, this would have been a lot cooler with this, 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 you know, but I, you know, looking at it as it is, I'm like, you know what, it could have been, it could have been a lot cooler than it was, but I'm not upset with what I got, okay. so. Uh, and what else, like, the, uh, again, the, the light speed scene was a very good, mm -hmm. uh, you know, very good, even the opening, uh, you know, was, you know, very d well done with Poe going... <laughs> And I like the uh, the fight with um, with Ray and uh, Big Nose teaming up and yeah, fighting those guys. I thought that was yeah. really cool. I mean, there's a lot of really cool things, um, but I think we can both agree on one facet, which what? is Episode Nine. Yeah, it was no, categorically awful. No matter no matter if you liked Seven more than Eight, or if you you liked Eight and didn't like you know Seven, or if you didn't like either, or if you liked both, ever I think everyone can agree. Wow, nine is bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of. It's kind of weird that you know everything that they set up for eight, like all the lessons they learned, they immediately forgot. It's like I think we both talked about this, where you know it probably would have been better if they kept one uh, director through the entire trilogy. Yeah. Instead of like you know mixing it around a little bit because it was like, all right, well, I'm setting up a bunch of you know things here with episode seven. He's like, okay. I see what you're doing, but I do want to move this in a different direction. I think that we can, you know, reach different ideas that haven't been done in Star Wars. So I'm going to cancel some of those and, you know, bring some other things up there. He's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I'm going to cancel these things you did, and I'm going to bring back the Emperor. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it might not have also been the directors, because the, oh, yeah. the first trilogy also had multiple directors, and, and that turned out all right. Uh, but it's, it, it was just, you know, the, the argument I had for the first, you know, the episode eight was significantly worse than episode nine. Yeah. Uh, where it was just go, you know, just point a series point. of just go here to do something mm -hmm. to, so you can go somewhere else. Like, I, I remember, um, I remember as we were watching, because we watched it like twice, like pretty quickly back to back too. Yeah. Just to make sure that, just make sure that what we were seeing was yeah. real. <laughs> just to make sure that we weren't the issue. And, <laughs> and in like, I, I remember I had a lot of fun watching episode nine, but there was, you know, there was so many different little bits that, like, that I, I can only say that should have been done because I think yeah. that would have been a lot more interesting. <clears throat> Not even interesting, I guess because we're just so used to doing shtick and stuff. Oh yeah, that's... <laughs> It, yeah, like, like everything, everything is shtick with us. First off, there was, <coughs> excuse me, the there was that uh, that one alien. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, exactly. He, he just had one line, and he was probably the best part of that movie. It's like Lando asked him to do something, and he turns around and says, "Okay." Yeah, like and, the Cookie Monster. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was phenomenal. It was like, man, why couldn't he be the hero? Yeah, why couldn't he have been uh, the Lando? Yeah, not like, <laughs> why. Why couldn't he have replaced uh, like? Uh, 
Admiral Akbar's big-eyed dumb son. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Akbar, <laughs> Yaddle Akbar, Eddie Akbar, <laughs> Eddie Akbar. <laughs> um, the one thing that I remember we were we were talking about with it yeah. was, uh, and this would have been just a good thing to do, I think, no matter what, even ignoring the shtick. Yeah, was. Um, when they were downloading, like, the Sith language into C-3PO. Oh, yeah, in C-3PO. Like, why didn't they just continue with that? Like, every now and again, he would be talking, and then the Sith, his eyes would turn red, and the Sith language would come like, out. Like, he, he has this duality now where, you know, he also has good and evil in him, you know, constantly fighting, and yeah. he's terrified. He's like, you know, I will wait, I believe I will wait in the ship, and I will destroy you all. Oh, what did I say? Oh, no. <laughs> And that would have taken, you know, a kind of shitty character such as C-3PO and, you know, made him exponentially more yeah. interesting. Like, okay, what have we done with C-3PO throughout this entire series? Well, he bitches at a bunch of different people for 90 years. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much all he's ever done. It's like, all right, so he gets built by Darth Vader. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> He gets built by Darth Vader, and then he bitches about that for, uh, like, 15 years in the trilogy, uh, the prequel trilogy. And then uh, he gets his brain scrambled. And then he's found by Luke, and, you know, he bitches at Luke for the next 15 years. <laughs> and then a few, you know, then, then decades pass, and then he bitches at, uh, at Rey and yeah. uh, Finn for the next couple years. And, like, that's it. That's the C-3PO arc. It's like, it would have been a lot funnier if... Or a lot better or more interesting if he just had a little bit of evil in him and it stayed. Yeah, and now he has to, you know, it, it's now a problem that he has to deal with. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, especially if uh, there's a scene where the team is depending on him. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a he has a character arc. Yeah. Like, right. actually, I, I just thought of this now, but uh, maybe to spice things up with C-3PO's character, because we've seen enough of him, like a lot of him, but yeah. um, C-3PO in love? Maybe he finds a... Maybe he finds another C-3PO droid. I don't know. I don't know what they make. I don't know how robots, you know, fall in love, but uh, maybe like a, a C-224. Yeah. And it's like... Beep, beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. Yeah, it's got, you know, maybe maybe he was in love with R2. I don't know. But uh, they, they beep and they they talk to each other and he buys the other robot flowers but and, you know he's trying yeah. all these different like romantic gestures he's wearing a straw hat and he gets a flowers that are not really flowers but something stupid that uh that computers would like like i don't know programs or something or uh floppy disks i, I imagine uh whoever he falls in love with would be un you know in unconventional like a uh a metal pipe extruder <laughs> Or a, um, you know, something that, uh, like, something that's just based purely with logic. Like, not yeah. even logic, just, uh, it has one function and does Pure it. Pure function. Yeah, and he likes that. You know, he likes the, the rigid, unmoving nature of this function. Yeah, yeah, like a, a tire vulcanization mechanism. It's like, well, what do you do? Oh, oh my. Okay, then he comes back with the flowers, but it doesn't- it feels unrequited because it doesn't pay attention. It, it doesn't have a- yeah. Like, it just keeps on doing his, uh... It's, it's job, thing, yeah. It's job, and, you know, he feels spurned, or, uh, not spurned, but, you know, uh, rejected. Yeah, and he starts, uh, he, he, he can mope around a little bit, and then he gets advice from Lando, and Lando <laughs> teaches him, like, Hey, you want to get that robot's attention? Let me tell you how to do it. 
and he <laughs> tells him all these. That's a robot again. That's yeah. the whole movie. Then he gives him all these pointers, and then at the end of the movie, he finds Lando in bed with the. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can't fight love. Uh, let me deal with this, honey. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd watch that. Because <laughs> Lando, you know, tried to bang the robot in the Solo movie, so... Yeah, oh, Solo. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that was another stinker. Yeah, it was just... I didn't like Rogue One, I didn't like Solo, and I didn't really like Episode Nine. Yeah. And so I, I think at this point it's like, I don't know what they're going to do with Star Wars, but it's got to be something else. Yeah, they really need to... You know, I don't really know what they can do, because... They can it, stop. Yeah, they might. Like, I, like you have to... I, I thought uh, Snoke was going to be the uh, end all mm -hmm. with, with everything, and you know, they killed him off. And you know, spoilers oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> in in Episode Eight, uh, really in a. In fact, now that I think about it, they they killed off uh, Palpatine. Spoilers uh, in the same way, like I can read your mind. Uh, you're picking up your weapon. You're yeah. going to strike. <laughs> literally, both the same exact thing. <laughs> Like, and I don't get Palpatine's plan for literally the entire Star Wars saga. Like, episode one through three, it's like, alright, I'm gonna corrupt this youth and, yeah. you know, use it to, to gain power. Like, I get that to a certain point, but a lot of yeah. his plan involves, yeah, go ahead, try to kill me, Mace. Go ahead, try to kill me, other guys, and see what happens. And then, you know, the... You know, the, here comes Darth Vader to save the day and not have him die. So he's like, oh, all right, now there's another youth I want to corrupt. Yeah, kill me, Luke. Go ahead and kill me. All right, I'll do it. And then here comes Darth to save the day again. He's like, ah, just let me die. <laughs> You're ruining it. And then episode nine is like, ah, another youth to corrupt. Go ahead. Kill me. Do it. Please. Please just do it. Do it, granddaughter. Spoilers. Uh, just spoiling everything. It's like, uh, spoiler, the ship sinks in Titanic. <laughs> like, I, I don't think the the Star Wars universe is as passionate as it used to be back in, you know, back in the day. I don't think people are, you know, Snape kills Dumbledore. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to read that one. No, you weren't. I know, I already read him. Uh... I, I don't think people are as devastated. I think people have kind of learned to let it go with the, with this franchise. Yeah, with Star Wars, they're like, listen, whatever. I might see some cool shit. I might not. Yeah. I don't know. As long as as long as I get to see cool sword fights every now and again, I'm happy. And yeah, so like like when Star Wars was first out, like you know, in the 70s and 80s, I'm sure it was uh, I'm sure yeah. it was like really big and everything like that. Oh like, yeah. Don't spoil the fact that oh, spoiler alert. That Luke is uh, Darth Vader's son. Spoilers. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> and don't spoil the fact that these two kissing, you know, people and the guy that is trying to nail Princess Leia that they're really brother and sister. You. Oh, you guys aren't into that. <laughs> like that was George Lucas just kind of being like, "All right, now." Uh, well, I think actually what I read. Meanwhile, uh, J.R. Martin's like, "This guy's spitting." <laughs> it's like. <coughs> <laughs> He's like, what if the entire... <laughs> sorry, you called me off guard. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. It's like, you know what? What if Luke and Leia knew they were brother and sister from the beginning and they didn't stop at the kiss and then they went on to rule a kingdom? That will be the Game of Thrones I'm going to write. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. 
Incest, 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 sword fights. Incest, incest. <laughs> I remember reading um, an article that there was uh, one character, um, I can't remember his name now. Oh, uh, Le uh, Reek. Um, he, Theon Greyjoy. He's like, he's just a little asshole. That's all he is. That's his character. A little asshole. Uh -huh. And uh, in the books, he, you know, he, he meets someone, he falls in love with her, and then he finds out that's his sister. Yeah. And he's kind of like, oh, shit. You know, like, oh, well, they don't do anything. <laughs> but, you know, he, you know, he's just kind of like, yeah, this girl's fine. This girl's good looking. Like, that's your sister. Oh, no. So anyway, the, <laughs> the guy who played him, like when they were trying to cast the person that would be his, uh, his sister in the show. Yeah. Like they were going to cast his real life sister, Lily oh, Allen. Why? And well, here's the thing. He was like uncomfortable with that. The, the yeah, actor, no shit. He was like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to like, you know, like make woo eyes at, at someone who's my sister. That's yeah. like incest. And the creators were like, do you know what show you're on? Like, come on, man. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, but this is all fake, though. This is fake incest. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> no. And George R.R. R. Martin's like, Do it. Hire her. <laughs> it's like, That will be the capper to my thing. To my thing. That's what he called it. My <laughs> thing. My saga. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm uh, I'm hoping they didn't do it. No, they didn't. They, oh, they hired good. someone else. They hired his uh, his his second cousin. His cousin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, what they ended up uh, what were this is a little bit off topic from incest, I guess, which is fine. Um, apparently, I found out just recently that uh, George R. R. Martin he's still working on the sixth book. Yeah. And um, fun fact, like the show has. Literally started and ended in the time it took him to even, you know, to get done the sixth book. Because, yeah. uh, he was like, he said in like 2005, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna finish this book six and hopefully in the next year or two. And he just hasn't. And he's, you know, I know he's bitching right now because he's like, man, I never should have done this show because now, you know, now people have too many expectations for what book six is gonna be like. And I'm like, dude, you had like a decade and a half to yeah, finish 15 this. 15 years. Like, get off your ass and fucking write the thing. You know, but whatever, art takes time. But uh, I hear that book, he was going to be up to book seven, but uh, I think he said that book six is going to be his last. He's going to pretty much combine book six and seven into one book and kind of like, yeah, uh, this is over. The show's over. Like, you guys, I have no more tricks left for you guys, so. There you go. Just enjoy it. Did he did he say what the holdup was? Like what he was doing you know, the, the entire time he should have been writing the book, other than not losing weight. Uh, <laughs> it's not nice. I'm sorry. Um, he was writing. I know that he was writing other things, uh, which is I guess fine. Um, but I don't know. Like I feel that when you promise someone in 2004 to have a book done by 2006 or seven, yeah, and it's 13 years later. And you're bitching at people, bitching at people who are bitching at you about, hey, where's the story at? Like, yeah. well, I'll release it when I want to release it. Like, at a certain point, I kind of feel like you're not in the right. Like, you know, again, I understand art takes time and everything like that, but, uh, but you know, I guess at a certain point, you kind of have to just bite the bullet and do it before it becomes like your posthumous work. Posthumous. Yeah. Like, uh, though, I, I think that kind of, I think, uh, yeah. Does does he have does he have children? 
I can't imagine. I don't, I don't, he probably does. Because uh, though, you know, because I know uh, Frank Herbert's son uh, took over oh, the Doom, Doom. Fran- Doom franchise after his father died. And uh, and I I remember Conan uh, was making jokes about it. Uh, they had a, a, a George R. R. Martin lookalike, and he was like, "All right, we have exclusive footage of." George R. R. Martin's house, and it was him just swimming naked and, you know, not, and like, playing pinball and just not writing, basically. He's like, oh, he's sitting at the typewriter now, what's he gonna do? And, and he, like, brings out a yo-yo or something. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, this is, this is, this is fine. And mind you, this was, like, I think, like, ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's become a joke at this point, so I feel confident to say that, uh, come on, George, let, let's get it together, because... I liked the books enough that I want to see it end at some point. I want to read the, the conclusion because I I read the first book. Chris gave me the first book. Yeah. And it sucked. Uh, <laughs> it really was. And here's a spoiler. It's uh, basically nothing happens and then dragons are born. Yeah. That's the whole first book for you. Like, I just saved you, like, I think, like, 20 hours of boredom. And, uh, yeah, Chris gave me or lent me that book. And the only reason I continued with the next one was because he had it and um, same thing to Harry Potter I think about it but he had the book and because there was one character I really liked which was Tyrion which is one, one mm-hmm. that everyone likes and so yeah I read that one and it was a little bit better and then book three he had and I read that one and it was much better so I was like alright I'm going to continue on uh, with book four and five and they were okay but what he did was he was like oh book four was going to be too big so I broke it up into two books four and five so they kind of go on, oddly enough, at the same time. Like the beginning of book four is the beginning of book five, just from different, you know, huh. different points of view. And uh, it was kind of neat and everything like that. But uh, book three was the only, I'm gonna say, the only one that's good. So at this point, book six, I'm just like, oh, I just want to get this over with yeah. and done. Like, come on, man. Like, it's probably going to be like 1,500 pages. And, and I'm sure he's not. Uh, I can almost guarantee he's not doing that because I think he's uh, in a joint production of a video game. The same people who do uh, uh, Dark Souls. Oh, okay. And uh, I I don't think there's been much released uh, about what it's about, supposed to be about. But, yeah, it's supposed to be uh, a, a collaboration. A, uh, a Dark Souls slash Martin joint. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I can't, uh, I really can't imagine. I don't really know anything else, any other, uh, you know, books that uh, George R. R. Martin has done. He so. did some cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. uh, I'll go ahead. No, I was just trying to think, like, uh, you know, what, because, uh, yeah, to I think to me, after playing, uh, yeah, Bloodborne. Like yeah, you know, they yeah you know, they have a very kind of you know in depth uh, universe you know world oh, creation the style lore and everything yeah I would like to see a collaboration for a video game with uh, George R R Martin and Guillermo del Toro I think that'd be a pretty cool hmm. none of them are video game makers but they you know apparently they both work with video game people so yeah and to tie it all together. Suda five one, the guy who did No More Heroes and okay, uh, okay. I, I'm still, I'm still heartbroken about uh, Silent Del Hills. To- yeah, Silent Hills. That was such. I don't know what Konami was thinking. They decided they didn't want to make money anymore. I and, guess. But you're playing the. Uh, I know right now you're playing Death Stranding. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have uh, 
you know, claimed it was a walking simulator, and, you know, for the most part, it is, uh, but it does manage to, you know, make, you know, stay engaging, uh, and, you know, the, there's a, you know, you know me, you know me, I love my intrigue, so oh, there's yeah. a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of intrigue, and, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of baby shaking from what I can see. Oh, yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to rock the baby, uh, if it's crying. <laughs> Uh, it, you can, if you so choose, shake the baby, though it doesn't <laughs> like that. And, like, have you shaken it so much that it, like, responds or retaliates? Uh, yeah, it just cries more. <laughs> so it's like it just won't shut up, so you have to do yeah. that until, like, alright, well, you can't mute the remote, so I guess I yeah. have to coddle the baby. Like, you, you have to gently, sh you know, rock the baby if you shake, if you rock it too hard. Uh, he, he will, he will shake it like, uh... Like a Polaroid picture, <laughs> uh, like it, it, you know, he will. Like it. it oh. <laughs> yeah, rock he'll the shake the baby. Rock the babe, don't shake the babe, baby. Rock the babe, don't tip the babe over. <laughs> like maybe, uh, like I know, like I said, I've only watched you play like a little bit of it. Yeah, uh, what well, I say, a little bit of. It. I've seen you play quite a bit of it, and. uh... It's like, I know the baby's in a jar. <laughs> yeah, he has a baby in a jar. A baby in a jar that he kind of, like, you know... He wears. That he, he wears. He wears the baby. He wears a baby jar. <laughs> and, uh, does... Like, does he have to clean and polish the baby jar? Or uh, it... as far as I know, the baby is in its own environment. He just puts the, the jar in, like, the washing machine so the glass gets all nice. Uh, I, I, I don't dishwasher. know... Dishwasher. <laughs> I, I don't know how the, uh... I don't know how the, the jar is cleaned. Uh, they don't really go into how to clean the baby in the jar. <laughs> See, this is the things you gotta know if you're gonna be a- if you're gonna have a baby. It's like- yeah, if you're gonna have a jar baby, you need to know these things. <laughs> it's like, okay, so... So, here's- like, they should have, like, a tutorial, like, These are your jar baby do's and jar baby don'ts. <laughs> jar baby do. Rock the jar baby gently. Be nice and soothe the jar baby. Don't. Throw the jar baby off a cliff. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> do. Zip line with the baby, keeping it secured in your in your palms. Do not break dance with jar baby. <laughs> Do feed the jar baby with uh, the uh, fish flakes provided. <laughs> Don't uh, submerge the jar baby in a hot pool of water, or you will not have a jar baby anymore. <laughs> Do play boba. Oh no. Do play peekaboo with the jar baby or other fun games. Don't play risk with jar baby because you will lose. It's like that fucking jar baby's too good. <laughs> jar baby do. Talk to the jar baby or sing to the jar baby. Jar baby don't. Yell at the jar baby or berate the jar baby. <laughs> do. Uh. Play video games with the jar baby and hold the jar baby. Don't play football with the jar baby. <laughs> Do wash the jar baby in the in warm tepid water and scrub gently. Don't kick the jar baby into a volcano. <laughs> Do dance with the jar baby. Don't bowl with the jar baby. <laughs> Do Caress the jar baby every three hours or so. Don't shoot the jar baby into the vacuum of space with a rocket. 
do spend time with the jar baby and build a relationship. Don't send the jar baby back in time to assassinate the czar. <laughs> It's like, man, there's too many fucking rules for all this. Uh, what can I... Can I do anything with this thing? Well, yeah, you saw the do list, you know, scrub it, you know, do something. Just don't send it back in time, throw it in lava, or shoot it to the moon. You know, I'm just gonna put it on a shelf. That, fine, that's fine. <laughs> do put the jar baby on the shelf. Don't put the jar baby on the shelf. <laughs> do wash the jar baby in a hot bath. Don't wash the jar baby... In a dishwasher. <laughs> and that's all the jar baby stuff that yeah. I think we have. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any more jar baby. Uh, I think it's it's best to get off the subject, uh, you know, to begin, you know, before we go too far. <laughs> jar, jar baby. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had something there. Word to your baby. <laughs> You know, I think the reason that skit went on for so long is because the term jar baby is just it's so a good fun. Term. It is a very good term. <laughs> what else is it, though? I know. Uh, no, that's 100%. It's a what jar it baby. It's a baby in a jar. It belongs in the Mutter Museum. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'll have to. I'm, I, I know eventually I'll probably end up playing that game. Yeah. Just because it's downloaded onto the PlayStation. But, uh, I'm probably going to put some space between it just so that like, I can, uh, I can go into a kind of fresh, you know. Yeah. And it's like, all right, because my, you know, like I, I've been telling you the whole time that the jar baby's just a nuke. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so far, it hasn't proved right. But. Uh, it, it's it's on a big delay if it is. <laughs> it's like, like what wire do I cut? Cut the cord! Cut the cord! Umbilical cord. Texas T. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all. That's all I have. <laughs> Disarming a jar baby. Yeah, it's really the only thing I guess you can do. Uh, yeah. Other than abandon it. Yeah. I guess you could just throw it away. <laughs> leave it on the side of the road with like maybe one of its favorite toys, and then drive off. You leave it in a basket in front of someone's doorstep. <laughs> oh, oh, they, the heavens answered our prayer. A jar baby. <laughs> <laughs> Like, huh? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another baby got a city. <laughs> this is why I'm telling you we don't have babies anymore, Mr. President. Uh, the babies can't be detected. There's nothing we can do. All right. Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna uh, we're gonna get our baby roundup posse, and we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna go city to city. And we're gonna we're gonna draw we're we're gonna we're gonna take all the jar babies that we can. These jar babies are just they were they were a fad for a while, but there has to be regulation about them. Mr. President, these jar babies are Americans. Uh, you know what, Ted? You know what, Ted? Just this once, just this once. Don't give me this America bullshit, all right? <laughs> these jar babies are you know some of them are good, decent you know hardworking jar babies, but some of them are nukes. Uh, we can't we can't be. Uh, can't we just regulate the jar babies? Maybe take the nuke part out? Mr. President, it is every jar baby's oh, right here to have go. a nuke. <laughs> you know what? Fine. Fine, Ted. Fine. You play with your jar baby then. Thank you. I told him. I warned him. 
So I guess you don't tickle the jar baby or it'll go off. <laughs> Tickling the jar baby is what, yeah, is that's the trigger mechanism. That's why it's in a jar. <laughs> it's like a tickle me Elmo. And only instead of, you know, laughing and buzzing, it, you know, it, it kills you and your entire city. <laughs> it kills you and a, you know, in a five mile radius. Yeah, so, you know, it's, I guess it's not 100% like the Tickle Me Elmo, but there are similarities. Yeah, there... <laughs> oh man, what a way to go. Like, uh, you know, one minute you're tickling a baby and the next minute you're being judged. Yeah. You know, there's no transition, it's... Uh, yeah, you're, you're dust before your brain can even sense it. Oh, coochie, coochie. Hey, where am I? What is this play? Oh, uh, the baby. The, it was the jar baby, wasn't it? It was the jar baby, yes. Come, <laughs> come forward and be judged. Uh, is this the whole, you know, weighs more than a grain of rice kind of thing? No, no, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> it was, it was embarrassing. We, we couldn't let anybody in after that. So. Who, who was a ghost town? So, no, we we just kind of, it's like a tally mark. If you, <laughs> every time you do something bad, we, we put a, a happy little tally mark right over here. If you do something, you do something good and noble, we put a happy little tally mark over there. And if there's too many tally marks, then we <laughs> beat the devil out of you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that was good. That was a good yeah, Bob that, Ross. That was a good Bob Ross. Bob Ross is apparently St. Peter, or I guess St. Bob Ross. I, you know, I can't think of a better St. Peter to have than Bob Ross. Like, can you really think of a better person to guide you into, you know, into the afterlife? Uh, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing that's not a popular answer. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> Look, he's... He's all sinned out. He's got to be. I, uh, you'd think so. I, actually, I have no idea what Charlie Charlie Sheen's been up to. Like, once he got done sinning, people stopped paying attention. Yeah. It. Uh, well, he was. Uh, you know, after they they kicked him off two and a half men, he. Didn't, I don't think he's really done anything other than, you know, sin. Yeah. I um. I do remember it's kind of funny that uh, when they kicked him off of two and a half men, I think his replacement was Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, it was. And it's like, like, listen, I, I like Ashton Kutcher, but from Charlie Sheen's point of view, like, man, that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a hard fall. Yeah. Like, listen, we can get someone else to replace you, Charlie Sheen. Like, oh yeah, who are you gonna get to replace me, Charlie Sheen? It's like, alright, we'll get anyway, we'll get Ashton Kutcher. I'd like to see you try. That's all I see. I don't know how Two and a Half Men theme is, so it's Sanford and Son now. And that's it. I, uh, I, I think they should have gotten uh, Emilio Estevez. That would have been fucking awesome. That would have been great. Uh, they're, they're cousins, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Or half-brothers or something. So, something like that. I know they're they're related somehow. Like, you should have seen them when they were on Game of Thrones together. Oh boy, oh boy, was that interesting. Worth it? Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was, uh... That was an interesting season, to say the least. I'm keep, I'm gonna keep on going with this. <laughs> you're, you're not giving I'm up committed. that charade. Yeah, and uh, he one of them played um, uh, Pom Mom, the uh, the the I don't know the, the uh, accommodating. Yeah, <laughs> and the other one played uh, Chocho, the, the invasive. <laughs> they were bakers. <laughs> yes, yes, that's how. 
That's how I would do the Game of Thrones. It's gotta be better than how it ended. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know how it ended, but I hear Poor a Lee. lot of people <laughs> were not thrilled. I never watched a single episode of the show, but I did catch the recap. And although I was like, yeah, the ending made sense because you know, I read the book, so yeah. it makes the ending make sense to me. I can still understand, I was like, yeah, this was kind of, uh, anticlimactic. I, I do wonder if that's why, uh... George R. R. George R. R. Martin was, you know, a little upset about doing the show because, uh, you know, they did the thing that he probably would have done, and now he has to do something different. Or I, I like to think that... It's gonna take him another 15 years. I like to think that he, uh, he didn't tell them how it was gonna end, so like, you go and what do what you think it's gonna end like. Yeah. And they did it, and he was like, oh my gosh, that was, that was so much better than what I had planned. Oh man, that... The last novel was just going to be line dancing. Oh, man. Or, uh, or con conversely, like, he told them how it was going to end, and they aired it, and the people hated it. Like, now I gotta do the whole damn thing over again. Alright, so, um, uh, where did I fall in that line dancing idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess, no matter what it is, like, and this isn't just, uh, that show, but this is, like, uh, series finales in general. Um, really strong and popular television shows, like, it's kind of hard to wrap up everything, you know, yeah. in a way that everybody's satisfied with. Like, uh, Sopranos had a, had one of those, Very controversial, uh, controversial, yeah. And, while I, um, I've only seen the first two seasons of Sopranos, and I know obviously how it ends, like everybody else in the world does, I can say that, while it is kind of strange, it is very much what I think the guy was going for, which yeah. was a show that had people talking for years had an ending that would never be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that was smart on his part. Yeah. Like, uh, how many... Yeah, that... Uh, would that wrap up in, like, 2005 as well? Yeah. Yeah, was, so, was... like, 15 years later, we're still here talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I think, you know, some of the great... See, that's, like, one of the great series finales. And I can say that because, like I said, I've... Haven't watched all of the show. I've seen enough of it, but I haven't watched all of it. Yeah. Just like, um, you know, just like the like the one New Heart season finale, which ended, you know, which everyone talked about for a while. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore had a good ending, and, and uh, dinosaurs, and Fuller House <laughs> or Full House. Actually, uh, I like the dinosaurs ending. Uh, how, what was the Full House ending? Uh, nothing. They just kept on doing their. <laughs> they kept on yeah, living there, their there lives. Wasn't, there wasn't one. I think she it got just... she got back with Aladdin at the end, and that was the end. <laughs> Uh, I wonder how, though, now I think, I, I do am curious about some of the, uh, you know, like, lesser-known shows, or, uh, or shows that were quasi-popular, like, how did Perfect Strangers end? Oh, um, that also ended like dinosaurs with them freezing to death. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go to Meatballs? Yeah, they go to Meatballs. Uh, that'd be great, actually, that'd be the perfect way to end that series, they go to Meatballs and they, uh... Yeah, they, they climb a mountain and freeze to death. <laughs> I like, was gonna say they go to Meepo's and Balky's no longer welcome there. Oh, oh, and he finds out about Balky's past. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I meant that he's become too, you know, Americanized. Ah. And like he tries to, like he can't go home, and you know he turns to drink with cousin, cousin Larry, and cousin Larry, because cousin Larry can't go back to America because of you know the prostitution thing. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so they both go on a wild bender to end all benders, and then they wind up on top of a mountain and they freeze to death. So I I'm going to give you uh, one one thing okay. uh, I'm going to tell you about, a little bit unrelated. Uh, uh, 
so this is spoilers territory and uh, I've you know I was watching the show uh, the leftovers okay and uh, did I tell you the, do you know the the plot of the leftovers I know nothing about the leftovers so it's an HBO show okay. where in uh, for some reason two uh, percent of the of uh, all of earth's population disappears suddenly okay uh, just out of nowhere it's a blink it's a rapture uh, no one knows what it is but uh, yeah I think it was something like 200 million people just up and vanish okay uh, so uh, it, it, it was a big deal like uh, uh, a lot of people are upset there's memorials there's uh, you know a cult is kind of formed around it and uh, but you know in the background of it all like uh, one one uh, uh, one uh, minor like subplot of the uh, show was that uh, uh, celebrity uh, something Appleton or the the guy who played cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers okay. was one of the uh, the disappeared. Okay. <laughs> and it was like a brief clip in season one, and uh, uh, it, it, that uh, that he disappeared. It was like uh, someone watching a news program. And then uh, in season two, it was like a TMZ thing where they find him in Mexico faking his own disappearance. <laughs> so this is a comedy show? No, it's not. It's a very <laughs> serious drama. It's one of the most depressing shows I've ever seen, but it has this absolutely hilarious subplot to it <laughs> with uh, Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers. It's like, that is great. I... I they should have built the whole show around that. That's how I, I would I know. have. Like, uh, it's three seasons long, but I, I really hope like they just have a, a small fourth season you know, revolving around Cousin Larry. It's like, that, that's like an Arrested Development plot where, you know, someone just fakes their death or fakes their disappearance and just goes to Mexico and they yeah. find him. It's like, oh, and Cousin Larry, he's over here. He didn't really disappear. What an asshole. Yeah. Uh, and he's mourning, uh, mourning his friend Balky. I forget who plays Balky. Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> Is that his real yeah, name? That's actually his name. Yeah, yeah he's mourning because Bronson Pin Pinchot disappeared. Uh, <laughs> so he wanted to disappear with him. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he, he he didn't want to be in you know he didn't want to be in his shadow. <laughs> they tried to they tried to uh, replace him with uh, Ashton Kutcher, but it just didn't work. <laughs> And on that note, um, Rumble in the Jungle. Very exciting fight. Uh, didn't know where it was going to go, but, uh, you know, you, you kind of, you know, later on did see, and it, it was, uh, very unexpected that, a, you know, a man coming out of, reti coming out of retirement at 32, uh, wins a fight against a, you know, a, you know, a, in his prime, champ. yeah, in his prime 24 year old, uh, you know, Monster. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, uh, I thought, I definitely thought it was a, an interesting battle. There was, um, battle, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> it was definitely an interesting fight. I liked it a lot. Um, although it might not be the best fight I've ever seen, it was definitely exciting. And there was just a, there was just a lot of great moments in it. So I thought it was yeah. really, it was really good. So, uh, check it out if you can. All right. It's on YouTube. Yep. A little shout out to YouTube. They gave us, uh, $400 every time uh, we shout out to them and that's not true at all oh, we're, we're helping them out it might get us sued so yeah we're, we're helping them out they need the publicity yeah <laughs> it's an up-and-coming uh, yeah 
a little thing. So <laughs> go ahead and visit this www.youtube.com if you can. All right. Okay. All right. See you later. A toodaloo. Oh, that'll hold a little less obese.